Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today as usual. We have our Evening with Medium events coming up on August 23rd and December 13th. Both events are on sale at the website by sarlo.com. We have a second podcast show called Sips of Sanity uh, available on the website by sarlo.com. It's 10-minute shows. First week of each month, Monday to Friday, we pick a topic on emotional and spiritual intelligence and provide you with a toolkit. And while you're there, we have coffee mugs for sale. They are $15 each. And last but not least, we have gift certificates and personal sessions available. You can purchase them and receive them from anywhere in the world via Skype, telephone, FaceTime, or Zoom. And moving into today's show. So Cal, I took some time to research on the internet. What are the trending topics in podcast shows? And one of the top podcast shows is How Can We Be Less Rude to Bees? So I decided to take that topic and do How Can We Be Less Rude to Dead People? I'm okay. (laughs) I'm so confused by both of those things. (laughs) So you googled or researched the top trending podcast, meaning that more than many podcasts shows have done about done topics about being nicer to bees oh no this was just one of the absolute top podcast shows that was listened to that was listened to okay and it was called how can we be less rude to bees okay and i loved i just loved that topic i liked the way it was worded i liked everything about it and i thought oh my god that so fits how can we be less rude to dead people I think we could do many on this. Yes. And I thought, well, wouldn't this be fun for people to listen to from two mediums? I sure hope so. (laughs) Let's try. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Right. Um, Okay. So I wrote down a few things and what you're, what people are going to get to hear today are how we can be less rude to them in good ways and how we can be less rude to them as in you don't do this. So, A little bit of both. Well, I will definitely choose a fun, positive one. Okay. So here's, you know what, like pulling them out of a hat. Yeah. Okay. So the first fun one that I wrote down is feel them. Truly enjoy it. Just bask in it. Just slow down. Just don't rush any of the feelings that you get because they're around you. Because they're working so hard to give you the feeling. So to be clear, you're talking about how we can be less rude to our deceased loved ones, not just if we're here in sessions, but when we feel them around us in our home, in the car, when we get a thought of them, if we wake up and realize we had a dream about them. Yeah. And this one in particular is when we have a feeling that they're with us. So to just slow down and be present with them. Yeah. Like you, some people say, well, I know they're around when I get goosebumps. I know they're around when I have this feeling of happiness. I know they're around. I get happy, Karen, but then it changes and I feel sad. And I say to them, and then what happens? Oh, I I feel, I feel happy again. And I go, then don't rush through the process of how you can change from feeling, oh, they're there. 
It could even be surprise. It could even be shock or delight. And then once we realize we feel it and we sit in it for a bit, oh, sometimes we think, oh, now I miss them and we get sad. But if we wait long enough, it could pass again so that we feel happy again. So if we allow ourselves to sit in all of the feelings, including when we're sad, we might come back to feeling, hmm, that felt good. Now I can get on with my day. Don't let anybody shame you out of that period of time, whether they're there with you and you say something like, I feel my dad around me right now. Don't let them make fun of you. Don't let them take it away. Hold on to it. Don't, don't let someone steal something from you that you could value. Don't rush. Don't let them rush you through it. So if you need to stay behind and everybody else is moving on or everybody else is taking another bite of dinner, but you're just sitting still for a moment and you put your fork down and you enjoy the fact that your son is standing around you, then you just allow yourself the time that you need to sit in those feelings. Whether they're good, bad, good, or whatever order they come in. This is personal. This is connecting to them. So make sure that you keep it personal and that you keep the boundaries that other people's opinions or thoughts truly remain theirs and don't have any effect on your pleasure. Or pick the ones that increase your pleasure. Yeah. If you're standing next to someone and you know that they will be gleeful with you if you say, oh, I just felt my dad around me, share it and let that excitement double or that happiness double. Mm-hmm. The person might enjoy that with you. They might even try and close their own eyes for a few moments to see if they can feel it with you. It could be an invitation for them to try because they feel safe. They may feel that you can guide them or that you might know how to help them or that just the two of you being together can be enough to feel it. Mm, I like that too. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of kindness in that. Okay, well, let's go with the opposite then. Okay, so I'm going to repeat the question. How can we be less rude to dead people? And a negative one could be, don't say shit like they're in a better place. Don't say things like they're gone to a heaven, that they're up in the clouds, that they're not suffering anymore. Don't ignore the fact that they are pure energy and that they are love, that they are emotions, and that they can be anywhere they want to be, including there at the funeral, there at the wake, there in the car, in the bathroom, anywhere you want them to be, within your boundaries. So don't be rude and say shit like they are in a better place. They are in a better form, and they can be in all kinds of places, but don't be dismissive of them. And so just to be clear, when we say they're in a better place, are you kind of making this point so that we aren't creating separateness from them? Yeah. Because if I'm the dead person and I'm standing in the room as an energy right next to you Mm -hmm. and you're saying Kelly's in a better place, Mm -hmm. the assumption is she's not actually standing right next to me. That's right. And therefore, even though I'm physically invisible to the eye, I feel even less present from you 
because you're saying I can't possibly be next to you. Correct. Because if I'm in a heaven, I call it a location, meaning that if I believe that they're in a heaven, they're in a better place, then they can't possibly be here to know what I'm going through. So for anyone who can't wrap their head around this, think about being in a room with two or three people while they're all talking about you, but not to you. Mm -hmm. And how invisible and separate you would feel from the group. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then to further clarify, the comments about... um, they're no longer hurting. Those can be comments that we make for ourselves as humans, though, correct? Yeah. Okay. And I mean, I'm asking you so that we can illustrate this for for clients and listeners. Because if I'm the human that's left behind and the person I love died in a fire, so they died and burned alive, okay. I may be reminding myself that they're not hurting anymore so that I don't stay in the same level of grief. Right. So that when I think of my loved one, I'm no longer thinking of them burning. That's right. So right. that can be a human comment for us. That's not necessarily meant to be rude to the to the loved one or the deceased person, right? Yes, that's okay. correct. So you could say they're in a better place, meaning they're not burning alive anymore. That's correct. I'm referring to when we say they're in a better place, meaning the location of it's over there in in another dimension. It's over there location or heaven. That's just a term I'm using, meaning that it's in another galaxy. It's in another, I don't know how else to say it, Kelly. It's in another location. Yeah. Separateness. Yeah. That, that makes you feel less connected. And I'm trying to say that, yes, they're in a different place, meaning they're no longer in a human form. They're in energy, but their place can be energetically anywhere they want to be. Mm-hmm. Energetically, they can be standing beside us, floating beside us in a river, in a tree, in a butterfly. They can be in so many things. Does that help? Mm-hmm. And I think okay. too, like I, I think of the line till we meet again and people say like, it's a love story when their loved one has passed. But I think if I was standing next to you, cause I can't, I chose to come back as a deceased person and I was standing next to my mom trying to love her and send her my energy. And I heard you refer to me as, oh, Kelly, till we meet again. And I was standing right next to you, giving you love. I'd be like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? I'm right here. Hmm. Yeah, it's about connection. That's because, what I'm trying to illustrate. Yeah, and so that that kind of comment, physically or metaphorically in a physical way, pushes me away from you, mm-hmm. and says, "No, no, you can't be here. Mm-hmm. It's not possible." Mm-hmm. We could give a lot of analogies about that, like when two people are in two different cities, and you want to say that you still love that person even though they're in a different location, you can still feel love. You can still feel energy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is that really clear? I hope so. Okay. If not, you guys better let us hear about it. Yeah, that would be great because I would rather give clarity than have people suffer. Well, and this is the point, right, of the whole podcast is to make sure that people who are here or feel left behind can understand that they are fully loved. Yeah. And that that suffering or grieving can be alleviated. Yes. Okay, let's go back to how can we be less rude to dead people? Another one. Oh, can I go to a positive one this time? Are you kind of going back and forth? Mm. Okay. Play with them. 
And you know, the first thing that came to my mind was watching Parker last night. So maybe if people have pets, they can really relate to this one. I was sitting in the living room. Parker was upstairs sleeping in the spare bedroom. And right out of the blue, Kelly, he popped up off the bed, tore down the stairs and was pouncing. And you know, when two dogs or two cats are playing and they pounce at each other with their paws on the floor and they jump up and move playfully. And you can see clearly that it is an exchange with something else that they're playing with. He did that. Mm -hmm. And then he ran back up the stairs, waited a little bit. And I stood up and I looked over, I looked up the stairs and you could see that he was staring or looking straight ahead. And he was pouncing again, like playing with a spirit, playing with something, ran back down the stairs a second time, did the same thing in the living room ran back up the stairs, did it again, and then came and sat with me on the couch. When he sat with me on the couch, he sat straight up, looked right past my head to the space just beside my right ear and was fixated on it for a little while, just maybe maybe a minute. And then once he was done, then he put his head on my lap and just closed his eyes. But for me, Parker presented a playfulness with the spirit world where he was fully engaging with them, enjoying their company. So instead of being rude to them, you could be playful with them. And so what does playfulness look like as a human? I'm just thinking I'm probably not going to chase them up and down the stairs. So I'm like, let's let's give some examples. Well, you've asked the right person because I'm queen. I know. Yeah. So and loads of listeners are probably yelling right now in their kitchen. It's the blue butterfly and then the dragon. They know the story. Yes. Or they or how about other people listening to this saying, no, 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 Kelly, it's dancing in the kitchen. You're right. (laughs) It's putting the music on. It's dancing with them. It's telling them to sit in a chair and wait in line to talk to you in the bedroom. Yes. I need some organization, guys. Come on, get into get into line and then get into the chair one at a time. But playfulness demands communication. Yes. Can I give another example? And I know families that have done this, setting a seat at the table and leaving it empty. I know people have done it at weddings. I know they do it on occasions for dinner in their home for celebrations. I know some people that do it on a daily basis that leave just a single chair for a particular person. Kel, I had a client who, whose idea of playfulness with her mom was to put bird feeders in the backyard and to invite her mom to be different types of birds. And yeah, she, I love that one. Yeah, and she put bird feeders everywhere. And then when they, and bird baths, And then when they came around, she would say, hey, mom, hey, mom, you're welcome. You're welcome. She thoroughly enjoyed all aspects of that because there are many. She's connecting to nature. She's allowing her mom's energy to come through animals or in this case, birds. And that other animals and other forms are more appropriate for someone else. Some people swear that the energy of a person that they love has come through a child a child in their own family, and they take the opportunity to be playful with that child and the spirit that's coming through. They acknowledge it. 
And I think about when my dad came through what we all thought my family was Madison when she was just a baby. Remember at the dinner table? Yep, I do. And when Grant held her up, and she looked around the table, each one of us in the eye almost with the same look that my dad gave all of us. You can be playful in those moments because playful is an attitude. You can be playful in the way that you think. It doesn't just have to be physically playful of getting down and taking a toy. Playful is your attitude. Okay, so that was another positive one. So what's something that we, I guess, shouldn't do or avoid doing? To be rude to them. I would suggest that it's rude to ignore every effort that they make. So if they make an effort to be around you by giving you a feeling or showing you something that you've asked them, let's say you've asked them to present themselves as butterflies. I think some people pick that or perhaps angels wings or something. And then you get that, but you just dismiss it. So you, you ignore the effort that they make through nature or through coincidence. And I think some people ignore those efforts because of I think shame, Kel, that they might fear being shamed by a girlfriend or or the group of guys or someone around them that has a different belief system than them, maybe by maybe by a religion or maybe a belief system by the religion of TV or movies being made fun of or maybe just disbelieved. Not only do we fear not being believed, but we fear being made fun of, being ridiculed or put down, made to look stupid, criticized. And if we've already got a hot button for all of those issues with somebody, then we could be very fearful of sharing anything like this or even being open to it. Well, and then you're getting into the fear of opening your gifts. So if they show up once and you feel shame, or you feel that you can't share it, then you don't want to become better at seeing your loved one who's passed. Right. Absolutely. That's going to mean that you have no confidence. That's going to mean that you aren't even going to make any effort, even though you may want it. So you're going to be in a lot of conflict. So you may show up at a journeying workshop or a spirituality workshop or I don't know trying to read the books and then think how come nothing's happening for me and think there's something wrong with me and it's true there is you're putting more emphasis on what other people think than on what you think or what you want or what you value a little word of caution too for people who are very much into reading spiritual books or online reading internet websites and are choosing authors that drive their product through fear, meaning that they would rather poke fun at it or I'll say be so skeptical that there's no openness to it. It's, it's critical and fear-based. So if people are engaging in that, if they're on those sites and they absorb all of that and they continue to look up more of it, they're more likely to think that the crow is a bad thing than a sign of love. They're more likely to believe that if you see a dead person, they're going to or feel the spirit of someone you love around you, that all of a sudden you believe that they're going to try and torture you, rip out your eyes and do 
things that you see or hear in the media versus what your own experience is or what you'd like it to be if it's going to be kind and gentle. So you can do fun things with them instead of believing and letting other people control that. So instead of being rude to them and ignoring them, you could actually allow them to come through in music. You could pick songs or remember a song that they liked or that you enjoyed with them and ask them to present that to you when they choose to. But then when you hear it, it's to be able to pause and enjoy the feelings that that creates, the memories that that brings up, including when you have a a memory that could make you feel sad. It's okay to be sad. It may pass, remember? You may, or you may have some happy feelings if you acknowledge while you're feeling sad, wow, they did this for me today. That feels good. I feel loved that they gave that song to me as I'm driving to work or going to pick up the groceries. So you can feel sad, but also appreciative. You could feel sad, but also connected. I think I saved the best for last, Kel. So we go back to how can we be less rude to dead people? I think one of the most important ones is to remember that they change, that they heal when they cross over, and that they're not still in a fight with us. They're not still narcissistic. They're not still angry or cranky or mentally ill or sick or depressed or rude or any of the things that we were experiencing with them on earth, they change. And sometimes 10 years after someone has passed, we're still in a fight with them. It can be 40 years later, and we still think they didn't change one bit through our whole lifetime. I get really uncomfortable with the opportunity for like shameless plugs, but this would be the perfect opportunity to say this is why you see a medium. Because it doesn't just go away in a day. All the feelings of anger and anxiety and frustration and sadness and disappointment that you may have had while you were both human. Mm-hmm. Once they pass, you still have to process all of that. Yeah. But if you don't get to hear what they learned, if you don't get to hear how they've changed or how they now see the effect that they've had, then it's very easy And that's an odd word to use, but it is very easy to stay in that space of anger or those same emotions. When you hear how they've changed and what they've learned and what the effect has been, then you can start to accept that they are energy or that they are soul and that they can't continue to hurt you. They can't continue to cause those same emotions that gave you grief. And that they don't want to anymore, that they have regret And I think it's, you've made a beautiful point, Kelly, in that when someone does see a medium, they do want to hear what they're sorry for. What did they do to me? And that can't be a general, they hurt you statement from the medium. The medium should explain some of those details or what some of those fights were about or who they were about or, you know, something to, something valid so that you can go, okay, that's them. And so why did they do that to me? And sometimes the answer can be things like jealousy. It can be misunderstanding. It can be 
narcissism. It can be didn't care, wasn't empathetic. Or it could be that you weren't their biological child and they felt angry about that and could never get over it. But you need to hear those answers so that you can go, okay, now what about that? And I want to point out that all the reasons or possible reasons that you've just pointed out, Mm -hmm. without seeing a medium, you can know these things. You can know them to be true, but they will be the thing that keep you angry. Mm -hmm. If you hear it from a medium where you feel validated and you get to hear, I wasn't crazy. And now I understand that this individual knows that this is what they did and why they did it. Then you can start to accept an apology. Then you can start to actually not just sit in the I was right emotion, but you can now move forward with how do I process this? Mm -hmm. And how do I move forward? Yeah. Which might mean that you have a little bit of empathy for them and maybe something that they felt or misunderstood or maybe that you just can understand it a little bit. That's the first step in being able to create a different kind of bridge to them. That's it for today. Okay. So we're just trying to be a little less rude to the dead people. Yes. I think what we hope for people to know and understand from today's show and what your intention was is for people to understand that they can have fun interacting with the other side. Mm-hmm. That while we're trying to get through this very physical human experience, and that's very difficult, you can have so much enjoyment by interacting with them. Mm-hmm. That there can be relief even while we feel we're suffering or grieving. Yeah. And that, again, grief is complicated because while you have many emotions, as long as you're cleaning up an unhealthy belief system, it could become less of a burden. Okay, so if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, have a beautiful Saturday.